Hello once again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. I'm Travis. Over there's Alex. It's episode 95. Of course, that means it's 1995. And Alex, we brought in another friend for our 1995 episode. That's right. Introduce yourself to the people, Merritt. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, uh, I'm Merritt. I'm a big fan of, uh, of both of you guys. I've been listening to the show for a while and uh, was uh, familiar with your YouTube channels prior to that. So it's uh, it's really cool to uh, to be here. And I guess, I don't know, I, I started doing YouTube stuff recently. I have been writing about and making games for uh, a while, I guess, at this point. <laughs> it's weird to like look back and realize like, oh, you've been, I've been doing something for like almost a decade. Um, yep, right. Like I know you've been yeah. doing the, the YouTube channel for, God, like what, nine years at this point? It's over nine years now, wow. yeah. What have, what have I been doing with my whole life? I know. No, that's weird, so cool though. But building up a, a library of work yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of the, the the idea it's, it's always weird when your hobbies are old enough to enter fifth grade you're like wow <laughs> i've raised a child yeah very weird well in your case it's a little more than a hobby i mean games and a lot of the you know things around games being an author and development and you know even doing podcasts working for websites i mean you have your hand in a lot of different pots within the industry so to speak so Take us through some of the stuff that you're working on now. Like, what's what's Merritt K's name attached to yeah. currently? God. Um, so, yeah. I mean, uh, right now, I guess the main thing is I'm working on a coffee table book of uh, photos from land parties from, like, the early 2000s, late 90s. That's oh, a brilliant that's idea. <laughs> brilliant idea. It's, uh, yeah, it just was one of those things where I tweeted about it, like, just Oh, I would love to have this, like a co coffee table, because there's so many great pictures if you just search online for this stuff. Um, and it's it feels, you know, I guess it was like 20 years ago, but it feels like a completely different era in so many ways. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I started talking to a publisher about it, and uh, that is is happening pretty soon. And I already have like a lot of just really incredible photos. I mean. You've all you've seen the the duct tape one. That's like the, the probably the most famous land party photo that has ever been taken of the guy duct taped yeah. to the ceiling. Um, yeah, yes. But there's just so many other things too of just like oh yeah, this is what like Midwestern living rooms <laughs> in the suburbs look like <laughs> in like that, 2001. That guy is a dream guest for the podcast. Oh I want to talk God, to that yeah. guy. I've got so many questions for that guy. <laughs> like what were you? What games were you playing that night? Uh, how much duct tape did that take? Yeah. Uh, did it hurt? Uh, yeah, but that, it's that, such that's such an infamous photo. Just legendary, infamous photo. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've just been doing a lot of like kind of weird projects like that lately. Um, I I was doing this sort of short video series called Forgotten Worlds on YouTube uh, that was um, for the site Fanbyte, um, but I'm sort of like moving it to my own YouTube now and kind of looking at like a similar era of like games and computer stuff of like MUDs. Um, there's one on emulation, which was fun because mm -hmm. I got to talk to uh, Zofar, the, the guy who started Zofar's oh, Domain. Oh, Zofar's yeah. Domain, that's right. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. Like he's just on Twitter now. Um, huh. And it's funny because there, the, there were like a lot of people, you know, there are some people from that era of the internet and, and gaming culture and stuff who still are like pretty famous. Like, um, like someone like James Rolfe, mm -hmm. who I also mm -hmm. got to talk to earlier this year, which was like kind of a dream come true because 
I've been watching his stuff since I was in like college and uh, just getting to talk to him about like, you know, having his videos now be the subject of nostalgia for people was really wild. <laughs> um, but uh, then there are people like, you know, like Zofar who did this like incredible work in like the early 2000s, but basically, you know, just like went and like started a family and like didn't, you know, make a career out of being online. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, people I think kind of forget about all that stuff. But um, so, yeah, just kind of spotlighting some of those like early turn of the millennium kind of, Mm -hmm. uh gaming and computer culture stuff yeah crt monitors man oh my god uh, it's unbelievable to, to me that <laughs> yeah just putting those in your mom's minivan and just like yep. driving uh, yeah and you I just remember... name dropped like three dream guests for us i mean james yeah. Rolf, ceiling guy and zofar and you've talked to him i mean i don't know if you talked to ceiling guy but i mean that's I've... you've had a good track I've, record. Uh, I've not talked to ceiling guy i think there was a, a piece about that photo on either on Kotaku or Polygon or something a few years ago, but there was like this great article just like, you know, an in-depth thing of just like, yeah, like how did this happen? Um, and it's funny with stuff like that too, because like I think at the time, it wasn't like people weren't doing it like, oh, this is going to be famous. We're going to get online. It was kind of before that era of like, right. yeah, oh, we're going to go viral. It was just like, we're just going to do some dumb shit. And like, sorry, can I <laughs> say oh. I should have asked? It's called drunk uh, friend. No, you're fine. Fun. You're fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, we're just going to do that. And then it happened to sort of become huge. Yeah. I, 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 I don't care what that guy's actual name is. If it's like Greg Smith or something, mm -hmm. that guy's forever going to be known as ceiling guy. <laughs> so I, I, that's how I'm going to tie. I hope to meet ceiling guy one day and actually refer to him as ceiling guy. I, mm -hmm. He might be insulted. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. do you personally have any memories of land parties? Like I, crazy I didn't do like a ton of them at the time. Um, I like, so we had a family computer but I think the idea of like me taking that anywhere would have been just completely out of bounds. <laughs> right. Um, like I, you know, I would go over to friends' houses and they would like have their computers there, and sometimes they would bring things over. But, um, but yeah, no, that was like the thing, right? It was kind of before. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I also never really had a gaming PC. I had like a Dell that um, I always benchmarked it by like which Elder Scrolls game you could play, and I was always kind of like one behind. Like when Oblivion <laughs> came out, I was like, okay, I can run Morrowind now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, I, I don't have yeah. like many personal stories from that era, but, um, it, it's cool getting to see all these photos and sort of feeling like, oh yeah, this was happening. It just, it makes me wish that I'm, I was more of a picture person because I yeah, attended yeah. A, a ton of, uh, land parties back in the day, mm. but no pictures or anything. But I do remember, uh, my friend from tech school, this would have been 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. Uh, he moved out of the Twin Cities down to Farmington, Minnesota. He got a townhouse, and he didn't... I think he just kept his car in the driveway, and he dedicated his garage to <laughs> just land parties. Yeah. So we... So what we would do... And, and this would be, like, in the dead of winter in Minnesota. Oh, my so God. So we would just... And it was cold, but once we got everybody set up in the garage, and it was, like, eight of us or nine of us... The heat emitted from the computers and from the <laughs> monitors would yeah. keep us warm. It was beautiful. Wow. It, it worked. It worked perfectly, and we were playing at, like every like first person shooter that was available at the time. Everything from Counter Strike to I remember this game called Viet Cong uh, that had uh, a great. 
capture the flag mode and mm-hmm. some great maps to play on. Um, and shit, like that, 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 now that I think of it, that person was like the only one of us that had, um, cable internet. Oh, so, sure. so I remember just going over there and it was like Christmas morning cause I can download all this <laughs> extra stuff. <laughs> so I was getting movies, I was getting games, like, oh, it was awesome. Those are really good times. Yeah. God, the first time that you, you got like. I mean, this for, you know, younger people, this isn't really as much of a thing because you just have high speed internet. But like yeah. when I went to college, there was a, a sharing network that you could only get on if you had a college IP, which meant that the speeds were like so fast because we were all on the same network. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just like downloading movies and games oh, yeah. like I pirated probably more games in my freshman year of college than I have before or since. Um, also cause I had no money cause I was like a college student. Right. But, um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, that isn't really a thing anymore. Cause it's like, okay. Yeah. Everyone, you just, you're born and you, you have <laughs> yeah, birthright yeah. is like a, a cable connection. Yeah. Which is why I guess it, it should be a, uh, you know, a utility and yeah, it should be treated. That's true. You know, yeah. I thought you were going to say you should, you should like, it should be graded as you get older. So you get, you have dial up when you're young and then you know, in your <laughs> 20s, you, you unlock cable. It's like learning to drive. I, you know what? I'm, I'm in, I'm in for that. I need, I want, I do want my daughter to experience what I experience. None of this <laughs> immediate satisfaction with I- information. Right. I want you to. It's good for you. It yeah. builds character. I remember my yep. my mom and dad having a conversation. Could not remember the actor in the movie they were thinking about. And my mom would wait till the next day and call the library and ask them. And they, <laughs> right. I mean, that was just like there was no like Wikipedia. You know, it was that's just, awesome. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah, call, or uh, or calling, and this isn't something I ever did, but um, my girlfriend's parents were talking about this the other day of just like calling a number to know what time it was. There was like a phone number you used to call that would just be like, it's like 1236. Like, just not a thing that needs to exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode um, <clears throat> I just saw the other day where Kramer takes over for uh, reading what phone. times the movies. Yeah, movie yeah. phone. It's like, that's <laughs> so hard to explain to anybody that wasn't around at that time. It's like, that's what you had to do if you wanted to find out like what movie right. was playing. You either check the newspaper right. or, or call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious, man. I'm I'm curious with this land party book, like what you know, what what are you having to do to get some of these pictures? Is it a lot of just like an open call, like, hey, hit my DMs with any old land party pics or what what have you had to do to get uh to get content? Yeah, I mean a lot of it is just like is is doing that. Um, because you know, the people who did take pictures and still have them, they're like pretty excited to be able to share them a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh but then some of it is like just a lot of like digging and honestly there is like aside from the the duct tape photo there is my one kind of like white whale for this book and i don't know if we're gonna be able to get it because it's um there was actually just an article uh on the washington post about it today but it was in 1999 the spurs won the championship Mm -hmm. and there's this photo of them of like a few players playing starcraft on a private jet (laughs) <laughs> with with the championship trophy just like sitting on the ground and uh it's so good but like i have called um i've tried to get in touch with spurs like the spurs organization i have called 
the uh, local news channel. I have tried to find who was the Spurs team photographer at the time, and no one knows who <laughs> took this photo. So it's like I'm still trying to. That's like you know there is some digging with the stuff of trying to figure out like okay who actually owns the rights to this picture that someone took. Um, that's awesome. But a lot of it is just like yeah, it's just putting it out there and making sure it, it gets in front of the people who who were there at the time. There is a kind of an infamous video of um, Tim Duncan, who was on that Spurs team uh, at the time. Uh, this was probably much later, uh, probably into the 2000s. But he was um, uh, was majorly addicted to World of Warcraft. So oh. on road trips at, at the hotel, their, their team, like he would try and drag like David Robinson and like all these like big famous players into his games and they're just like not <laughs> getting it and stuff. It's freaking hilarious. So that's that's really funny. I did not know that picture. It's was a, a thing. it's incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like you can just search right. Spurs Starcraft. You'll find it. And it's, it's yeah. so good. All right. Yeah. Basketball season's over. Time to play some Starcraft. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very on brand for someone like Tim Duncan. Like that mm. is he's kind of a quiet, nerdy, dorky mm-hmm. guy. One of us. One of That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Right. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this land party book and I'm sure uh you know, I, I'm thinking back to a couple guests that we've had in the past, the video game library um Dean. He's always excited about new gaming-themed books to come out so he can fit those in his website. And it also seems like something that's kind of up Frank Cifaldi's alley with his preservation and just kind of capturing history. I, I think I've talked to Frank about it a little. Um, but, I, yeah, definitely there are a few people who, like Frank, who are just sort of like the go-to people for this um, that I... Uh, oh, I think I, think I may actually uh, have uh, some people like that writing, you know, little essays for it, too. So we'll see... Uh, Oh, that should wow. be announced at the beginning of November. So, that's oh, right, cool. That's cool. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, well, is is there anything else that you're working on, or anything that you've worked on in the past that you uh, you want to tout? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I mentioned those videos on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. I, I um, I'm a very late comer to YouTube. I I remember trying to start uh, a Let's Play channel like ten years ago, and I just never really uh could could figure it out but um <laughs> i was doing some video stuff for for fanbyte which mostly has since closed um oh. but i'm moving some of that stuff over to my personal channel like uh so we have the we did those forgotten worlds videos which i i wrote those and narrated them but the content like the video content was created mm-hmm. by my friend baru who is this incredibly talented visual artist musician does basically everything like has her own kind of like animated film stuff that she's doing, but uh, those were uh, probably the the recent things that I'm proudest of. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also doing more streaming lately on Twitch, and then trying to kind of like find a way to repackage those as YouTube videos. Um, so I've been doing a series that is pretty stupid, but um, it's I'm trying to make Sonic the Hedgehog in video game character creators but especially ones that like aren't good at at making <laughs> sonic which it turns out is most of them most of them right yeah. uh so yeah like just you know wrestling games or i was uh, just gonna say yeah. immediately i think of wrestling games <laughs> yep, yep i did um i did wrestling empire i don't know if you know that one it's by like no. this solo dev guy who is i think kind of a weird dude but um it's one of those games where you can tell it was just made by one guy because 
it's incredibly detailed in certain aspects and then just in other things is really rough. But um, we made a pretty good approximation of Sonic the Hedgehog in in the <laughs> wrestling game. So I was I was happy about that. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm just trying to kind of figure out my next steps. The last few years I was working at Fanbyte, which is this gaming uh, site. And uh, that sort of has been winding down. So I'm kind of trying to figure out like what I want to do next. And um, I may, I'm like working on some small games projects with some other people, but those are all pretty early. So yeah, yeah right kind of a, uh, yeah, just a time of change, I guess. Right on. Well, as we bridge the gap into 1995 here, I do want to point out <laughs> that you are one of my favorite Twitter follows. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. There's some solid golden in there, Hills. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, everyone thinks it's funny that Garfield eats John out of house and home. It isn't fucking funny. He works hard for that cat. And what does he get? Pain. And I'm like, hey, preach it. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, Garfield and Friends was appointment viewing for me. And I, oh, I was yeah. always like all the crazy stuff that he would do. I remember one time... Uh, the, I used to get I was one of those dumb kids that got upset at cartoons like I remember one episode where John is too cheap to hire a proper handyman so he has to hire Binky the clown to fix his house and he turns it into like some sort of like circus parlor type thing and uh, it's ridiculous and I, I'm like actually getting mad as like yeah. an 8 year old like cause he, he ends up uh, putting like a bunch of like way too much like dish soap in the dishwasher or something and the whole house <laughs> overflows with with suds and i'm just like you just ruined his house and of course like the next episode comes on and it's it, everything's fine it's but totally still fine, yeah. yeah i uh, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious I, I am team i am team john arbuckle <laughs> in, that, in that case yeah garfield is such a weird like cultural icon to me because I grew up reading those like the weirdly shaped books that like no other book yes. before or since has come in that size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's like just Garfield. Um, and like, I was like, you know, I always kind of found it like fun and like I was a kid. So I was like, yeah, it was, whatever. It's funny. But like the way that the internet has kind of taken over Garfield as a character in the last few years, or I mean, it's been longer than that. Cause Garfield minus Garfield was like, yeah, over a decade ago, and then more recently, there's like the Sorry John Reddit stuff where it's like mm-hmm. Garfield as like this horrible monster, yeah. and it's like, what is it about Garfield that like is it just that he's just so like just there, like he's kind of just he's just blase, man. Blase. I I don't know. It's like I guess, really weird. I think it's also because um, it's been around for so long and it's so well established that it's just fun to play with established parameters yeah. and do yeah. something weird with it. Um, my favorite thing, let me see when I actually created this folder. I have an entire folder on my computer. Um, yeah, oh, it says 2017, but I think that's when I got this build together, but it had to have been way before that. Um, it had to have been like t- 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, there was the Garfield randomizer where you could click a button mm. and get three random panels and you could lock one. And then uh-huh. scroll the other two, lock two, scroll the one until oh. you got like what something that resembled a cohesive. I was obsessed with this <laughs> to the point that <laughs> I kept. That's a good idea. Yeah, I kept like a hundred of these because I thought mm. they were hysterically funny. Um, I'll, in fact, I'll I'll throw one in the chat here. They they're, they're not hysterically funny, Dude, of course. You, you got to tweet but... one a day for a year. That's <laughs> come on. 
I have enough of them. Um, but yeah, I have these saved. It's pretty funny. Like I, I haven't even thought about this in so long. But yeah, it's, I feel like Garfield is... gets a lot of the Grandpa Joe hate. Like he gets some of that, right? Like... Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just funny. Like, I, like I guess Garfield too is just one of the most merchandised characters like of all time. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah i guess when something becomes that big it's natural that people are gonna do stuff with it but yeah. uh yeah i was a big garfield and friends uh fan too as a kid actually I have, there are I have, so many of these <laughs> i have so many of these it is stupid like I, none of these make sense it's just, you could be replaced you're fat and my fortune and he's just staring at a piece of string i do love how the walls a different color in every panel like clearly <laughs> ripped from different cartoons mm-hmm. uh, it's so good thank you alex i need a hundred of these please uh, well technically the folder says i have 190 of them so wow i was very obsessed with doing this uh, drugs, I don't think were involved at that time, but uh, they, they might have been. They might have enhanced the experience, but I was, uh, I, I loved messing with this thing. You know, speaking of talking about like how long ago things were, uh, did mm. you know, according to Merrick Kay of uh, September 7th, uh, children born during the year of Luigi are starting the fourth oh. grade this month. Could you imagine? Man, can you believe it? That's can you tough. Believe it? Year of Luigi that feels like weird. yesteryear. Yeah, that seems like it was just a few years ago. I know. God, That's... the year of Luigi, just the optimism in America back then was just <laughs> through the roof. We just, you know, we've been yeah. through so much since then. Jesus, man. <laughs> um, the, the one I like here uh, that Trav has linked uh, of your tweets, it says, I don't think anyone has done as much speed as yogurt executives in the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> and I have had that Trix yogurt. And it is damn yeah. good. It is really good. Is it good? I, I loved that yogurt. Yeah. Seems like it'd be a thousand percent sugar. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. No, I mean, the yogurt advances in the 90s and 2000s were just unreal. I do also have to shout out that photo I realized after I posted that. That photo is by um, a an internet friend of mine, uh, Dinosaur Dracula, who... Uh, just sort of actually he he just put up a video on youtube about the garfield halloween special uh the <laughs> garfield and friends yeah. halloween special so people should check that out but yeah like he he is sort of like the source of the photos of a lot of like this 2000s novelty food because he had a website called x entertainment back in the early 2000s where he was like talking about all this stuff um and now he's a site called dinosaur dracula but like so like there are photos like this, the Trix yogurt that have just been passed around like through so many like clickbait like only ninety kids nineties kids like remember this and mm-hmm. uh, it's all it all goes back to him. Well, fancy me and you in a podcast like this. My name is Captain Drachma and I'm one of the co-hosts of Indie Quest. On this show, we dive into the amazing worlds of indie video games and attempt to determine where they rank on our own rating system, something we call the Quest Log. If that sounds like something that might trip your trigger, join me and my co-host Blinkin' Frantic on our adventure. You can find IndieQuest wherever podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com, the best website on the internet. It's a great segue for 1995, because... 
I'm sure there was some zany yogurt back in 1995. At least mm. I hope there was, because there wasn't much else, in my opinion. It was a bit of a mediocre yeah. year, but we'll get into it. Maybe maybe Merritt will shed yeah. some light in some areas that, that we're not seeing. But I don't know. Where do you want to start with this, Alex? We've just kind of like picked a spot and ran in the last few episodes. Yeah, I think we can start with music, because this mm. was when um, right. grunge, you know, like, w- like what, what we saw with 94, like every huge band, like Kurt Cobain committed suicide but we still had unplugged in new york come out that year we, mm. we had uh <clears throat> alice in chains jar of flies soundgarden super unknown like just ever uh pearl jam vitology like it's just banger after banger after banger and then i really had to like like okay uh i remember that white zombie album being pretty fun <laughs> at the time <laughs> like there's really not a whole lot to go by in music um in 95 the 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 albums i came up with are um i remember getting the the double cassette and i wish i still had it uh smashing pumpkins melancholy and the infinite Mm. sadness which was such a frustrating listen because i loved like maybe 40 percent of the songs and the other songs were just they existed and they were fast forwarded through almost every time but Mm -hmm. there are certain songs like uh Oh, what is that one? It, it starts one of the tapes. It's uh, 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 Boys Who Fear to Tread or something like that. It's got one of my favorite riffs ever. It's like this, almost like a carcass type, like death metal riff that it mm. starts with. And it's so good. And it's like, why can't the whole album be like this? And then it goes into like some Cupid Day Lock type crap. And I'm like, just just stop, Billy Corgan, please. <laughs> just enough. It has, right? That has zero and bullet with butterfly wings, right? Like the first. Yes, it has both, mm, and it yeah. has 1979. Oh it has, my god! Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, there were a lot of big singles from that, and yeah, "Bullet with Butterfly Wings" was like the big yeah. single and like the big expensive music video and all that. It was all over the place, but uh, yeah. I was... always, uh, I always associate this album with uh, with a friend that I had um, in, I guess, in the mid '90s, um, and uh, I wasn't like into so okay. Full disclosure, I'm Canadian, and uh, we didn't have MTV. So we had something called Much Music. Yeah, I was going to say Much Music. Yeah, which uh, I think played music longer, like sort of, it started later than MTV, but sort of followed the same trajectory. So when MTV had basically stopped doing music, it still was doing that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wasn't like, uh, like I wasn't into, I was in the single digits in 95 still. So I wasn't like keeping up with music or anything, but I had a friend who was like, oh, you got to listen to the Smashing Pumpkins. You got to check this out. And then would like, I guess I think his family was like, they had cable and had MTV somehow. And was like, you got to watch this video. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I don't get it at all. Yeah. This is like really cool. It's like people <laughs> fighting in the mud and everybody's yeah. covered in crap and it's all like you know intense and it's a great riff despite i'm a rage man i'm still just trying ah. to cage it's like such like great wow. teenager lyrics mm-hmm. that's funny it's uh trav were you still single digits in 95 95 uh in august of that year i turned a whopping 10 years old 10 wow the big, the big one oh yeah um yeah i would have been uh 13 uh so i 95 the, the thing when i think of 95 the thing that stands out to me the most is that is the coldest winter i've ever like had to really? get, get through somehow mm. 
Um, I grew up in uh, Twin Cities, Minnesota, uh, South St. Paul. So um, I remember uh, just there was this huge storm and the windshield did not get above minus 30 (laughs) for like almost an an entire week. It was just day after day after day. And the only reason school was closed was because they couldn't start the buses. It was too cold for the buses to freaking start. And I remember just like being over the moon that I get to stay home and play Super Nintendo all day (laughs) because it was nobody could go to school because they couldn't. Yeah. It was awesome. So, yeah. But as far as pop culture goes, pretty pretty blah, pretty disappointing year. Yeah. Okay. Overall. I I thought that at first too when I was looking at because I was like doing some research um looking at 95 and I was like this doesn't it seems like 94 was like the the money year and then yes. 95 was like everyone's just taking a break, but <laughs> there are some albums that came out in 95 that were like like Maybe not to like everyone's tastes, but we're like pretty big deals. Um, like you were starting to, yeah, move away from like grunge was kind of, I feel like dying off and it was moved, like yeah. you're getting pop was coming up. R&B was coming back in sort of a big way. Um, the Brit pop situation was really big. Like what's the story? Morning Glory That's was a that good year. Point. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a big Oasis fan, but that was everywhere. Oh, that was it yeah, was, that was yeah. big. Um a much and Blur better was album. starting to catch on. Blur obviously. was starting to catch on. Pulp, different class was that year, which is yep. one of my favorite albums. Um and then you had stuff like Garbage, uh their first album. Oh uh, right. was was ninety five, yeah. which um still I'm only happy when it rains, still still a banger. Um Love Garbage. Uh, Elastica had uh yeah we had have their... that down as uh, uh as one of the songs that song was everywhere oh for my a few god weeks. yeah um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> jagged little pill was ninety five oh, as well that's right yeah the latest oh. she kind of like took over that year and yeah. of course as a Canadian I have to rep Alana's yeah huge um, Alana's fan I have this thing where <laughs> when some when something happens and I feel like everyone around me has learned a lesson, I sing like I'm like, you know what, guys, we lived, we learned, and I do the like the little earned, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, see if anyone nods. Like I can't believe you just a Lannister. I'm like you, look, you lahoos, you learned. Okay? We're okay. Sometimes you lahoos. I am shaking my head right now. Sometimes you learn. Come on, I've been doing that for thirty years, and uh, I. I've, I'm just losing friends by the day, but I'm not giving up on it. You're you're, you're leaking friends. You're leaking, but you're clearly not leaking confidence. As as you keep mm. that joke thirty years. I mean, later. you're Somebody just here like to it. remind us. You know, yeah, that's of... right. That's right. Isn't that ironic? Ah. All right, we're we're. Um, I I do remember that video really really sticking out as something mm. special and something different because I was used to. Okay, it's a woman. I, I'm used to, you know, Mariah Carey or like mm-hmm. Annie Lennox or at, at the weirdest was like probably Bjork at that mm. point with yeah. the video with the giant teddy bear smacking people. Um, so f- to see this like raw emotional video from a woman was like major. Like I had never seen anything like that before. So it really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah got she some, changed uh, the game. I mean, speaking of uh, pieces of you, Jewel 
also that year. Oh, uh, I, hate it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a big deal, I guess. Um, but uh, Gangster's Paradise mm-hmm. was that year too. That's R. true. Coolio. Yes. That was like yep. two weeks ago. That's yeah. why. Yep. Yeah, he yep. came up in '94 too. I, yeah. I, f- I find it hard to believe that uh, Macarena was 90. Oh, my 90s, God. 95. That seems like it was a lot later to me. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. like 98, if I had to guess. Well, it must have stuck like, around for a while. It um, yeah. it actually kicked off. I think it was sensational internationally in, like as early as 93, but it became viral technically in 95. Uh, I don't know if it hit your sock yeah. dance parlor, but uh, I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like 96 was kind of, I kind of remember. Yeah. But uh, 95, apparently, according to the internet, it was catching on. Macarena and then another song on this list, Cotton Eye Joe, those were like staples at middle school dances. Dang right. (laughs) So like they must have stuck around because that would have been a few years later for me. But like what? Talk about like early, like we we didn't call them that at the time, but like meme songs that were just basically exclusively played at middle school dances. (laughs) I went to one middle school dance and I was like, never again. I'm not doing this to myself. Ever I mean, again. it's a bad vibe. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this, is, this is awful. And this was like four years ago. Alex was like, yeah, this is not. <laughs> so I'm going to see what all the hype's about. <laughs> yeah, this seems um, lame. This is a bunch of little kids dancing. There's <laughs> a bunch of little kids dancing to this like freaking uh, dubstep nonsense. Um, um, I, I do want to kind of shout out uh, like No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. I, that was, I remember that being uh, a big deal. Oh, yeah. I never liked No Doubt, but I respect their. I just remember everybody like digging yeah. that. I, I don't remember as being as yeah. into it, but um, was certainly that Spiderwebs? Was that on that yeah. one? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, there's still a few, a few bangers from and the early speak. No Doubt era. Oh my god! Don't, yeah, that was like yeah. Like no Doubt was a ska band, which is weird to remember. Right. Um, that was like a pop ska group. Yeah. But, yeah, that was weird was not digging it um and there's that goo 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 dolls song that you still hear in dentist's office across the country um that name that one and um we also had tlc um Mm. i really dug the song waterfalls like i was not great song yeah yeah and um creep too I, this was during the era when like Radiohead had a song called Creep. Stone Temple Stone Temple right. Pilots had a song called That's Creep. Right. TLC had a song called Creep. So it was oh, like a yeah. running gag with me and my my uh, junior high friends, like to just like say that, like you know I love the song Creep. It's like yeah, yeah which one? There's like three of them. It's stupid, but this is like that era of music where for a long time. I knew the Weird Al parodies better yes. than the originals because I had phony calls? like Alap- Alapalo- phony calls, incredible. Yes. I had like Alapalooza and like a, a couple of other CDs were some of my first CDs that I ever had. And so it wasn't until like years later that I knew like the actual <laughs> words to like a lot of these, to like waterfalls and like a lot of singles of like the 90s. Exact same. There's only two things like that to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Two two sensations, I guess you'd call them. Uh, where I, I, it's Weird Al, where you only know the Weird Al lyrics to a song, mm-hmm. and to this day I still s- sing like a surgeon instead of like a virgin. <laughs> and <laughs> mm-hmm. there's also um, what do you call it? Uh, 
Oh, jeez, I just had it. I Why am I forgetting this? Oh, um, there's also uh, The Simpsons. When uh, I had never seen The Shining. So oh, when they yeah. did the, the Halloween parody of The Shining, it's, it's all I can think of where it's... <laughs> well, like, I learned... You used that shin of yours. <laughs> <laughs> like, I learned that... Uh... To, just like today i had that happen where um you know marge versus the monorail that episode yes. yeah. is based on sort of partly based on uh the uh the movie uh the music man music man yeah and i had was... no idea i just heard that on a podcast and i was like what <laughs> yeah that's like that's one of the episodes that conan yeah, yes. wrote, and he that's like his favorite movie of all time so oh, oh, wow. okay. makes sense it does yeah definitely similar kind of uh kind of vibe of just being like wait this like i've had that um yeah just like watching older movies and being like oh wait this is this is the original thing that the simpsons did <laughs> For some reason, Alex, I can't, I, and I have to ask you to do this, and I'm sorry, you can turn me down, but hmm. for some reason, I can't shake the idea of you singing Silver Chairs Tomorrow as James Hetfield. <laughs> I don't know why, but my brain's like, just that's... ask him. Just ask him if he'll do it. <laughs> um, that's funny you say that. I was, I was in a band uh, in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade, and... Uh, um, I played bass because nobody else wanted to play bass, and I managed yes. to score a bass guitar. Fellow bass like, player. <laughs> for, oh, nice. oh, right on. Yeah. No, I sucked. I played bass. No, like me guitar. too. <laughs> it's terrible. But. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I'm a. I don't finger pick. I or I don't uh, use my fingers. I use a pick. I, mm -hmm. I'm an awful Same. bass player. But um, yeah, I was in a band uh at that with a bunch of older kids and um we played Silver Chairs Tomorrow because it was an easy song. And so when uh, the singer of our band, I think his name was either John or Ryan, or maybe his name was John Ryan. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, uh, there's a John and a Ryan in there somewhere. But he was a hilarious dude. And he, when he got to the chorus, <laughs> he would point at one of us and go, you wait till tomorrow yeah and it just killed me Perfect. every time yes. i would just start laughing yes. and i had to stop playing you did it you did the wait thing wait till tomorrow yeah <laughs> it's everything i wanted it to be thank you so much oh, perfect and that's i loved that song and i love that band i was super jealous that they were teenagers and they were like on the radio and a yeah. record deal and everything it was just the best like that was uh what 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 other songs did they even have at that point did they was that the one with uh suicidal dreams something something and the I, I can't remember i really but, don't know um, i think tomorrow might be the only song by them i've ever mm, actually heard yeah. or at least known was them yeah but my friends and i used to joke that that guy like doesn't actually articulate a single word in that whole song. Like he's from the minute he starts singing, he his mouth actually doesn't shut till the end, and it's just he a long like yodel. <laughs> it's like a really slow auctioneer. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I do like I it. <laughs> I got 25, yeah. 45, 30. Um, and then Collective Souls, yeah. December. That I mean, Oh, my God, yeah. I love that song. And I, Alex, I knew he would. Good ugh, song. But 
God damn, it's so good. I don't like Collective Soul. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's the only song I know by them. But uh, that's the only oh, song you don't know like... Sh- Shine? Shine? Oh, was no, no, Shine everywhere. as well. Shine's got uh, that riff. Weird, yeah. weird Canadian thing that we had was we had these mm. compilation albums called Big Shiny Tunes. Every, hmm. just, every Whenever I describe a Canadian thing to someone, they're just like, like it sounds like the fakest thing as I'm saying it. I'm like, this sounds made up. Big shiny yeah. tunes, but I'm pretty sure Alex and I both soul, went, huh? Yeah, <laughs> huh. like huh. Collective Soul was on those, and like a lot of these like mid 2000s like rock groups and stuff. But um, Collective Soul is usually my go-to example for um, a band that was only signed and only got exposure because it's like. In fact, I think, uh, I, I forget who in the band said this, but they, they pretty much went out and said it. Like, we were only there because we looked the part. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, we, we, and for the, for the video of Shine, I think it was like some sort of like VH1 behind the music kind of a deal where somebody was like, yeah, we want you guys to dress like this and, you know, have, have your hair down and, you know, like headbang and stuff. It's like, but that's not us. That's not what we do. Right. We don't care. We we just want you to <laughs> we want you to look and sound grunge. And it's like, okay. And that's and it it sure it absolutely feels fake. Especially come come December and I remember Gel was mm. another song oh, that yeah. came out later. That's yeah. great riff. Um But yeah, I, I I think that was my first exposure to like c- cynicism and like starting to become cynicism mm. cynical and yeah. like just not really trusting what's being put in front of me like this doesn't feel authentic like well it was like yeah when grunge was like being corporatized right yeah yeah like it was yeah being turned into this this more like pop kind of thing um and like the aesthetics were being appropriated by yeah like to sell records um yeah i would love to talk about games but i just want to shout out like a couple more singles that oh please might come out of nowhere for y'all but um i wish by skilo oh man uh, i wish was it was 95. a little bit taller i wish mm-hmm. it was a baller i wish it was a uh, caller <laughs> mariah carey fantasy was huge yep. uh it's the one that sam- uh, samples the tom tom club uh genius of love beat does um, it really i didn't yeah. even know that uh hmm. you gotta be by desiree and mm. um Oh, I re- okay, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, uh, Andy Richter doing a version of that song <laughs> on the Conan show. With- and uh, you don't know how I feel as Tom Petty, like oh. also R.I.P. I guess he oh, died like, yeah. last year, I think. But yeah, now that's a, that's a good. So one. there were like there was stuff happening, but it was a weird time. It in was music for sure. It, yeah, R and B really took off. I mean, you had like you know we a, a ton that we've listed, but it seems like that was hitting the charts a lot higher than any of like the rock. Yeah, stuff. D'Angelo. Yeah, Montel yeah. Jordan. Brown Sugar. Um, oh, man. that's a, I haven't even thought about that in a million years. That used to <laughs> yeah. be on MTV all the time. I watched mm. nothing but MTV mm-hmm. back then. That was basically like all the content I consumed was from that one channel. Um, and uh, they uh, did not shy away from, from playing the same video over and over again. Mm-hmm. And one song we have listed here, Montel Jordan, This Is How We Do It, was... All the freaking time. Do it. <laughs> I feel like I've never heard anybody just say that. I feel like everyone always <laughs> sings. This is how we do it. Yeah. This <laughs> is how we do it. Even like radio right. DJs aren't like coming up next. Montel Jordan's "This Is How We Do It." They always <laughs> sing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, you got it, it legally. Feels unnatural. 
Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Gotta love oh that. Oh my god. Because yeah, it was. Great. I think it came out the year before, but it was. Batman, um, right? Actually, it came out. I was looking at this earlier. It was on the soundtrack for the Neverending Story three. What? Which what? I only bring up because I know that you did the Neverending Story on um, Uncle Doug. Your on Uncle Doug's show. Wow. Uh, recently, but uh, yeah, Neverending Story three, which I have not seen. Uh, probably it's terrible, it's but. not it's it's a lot of cave scenes because they ran out of money. <laughs> but <laughs> Kiss from a That's Rose, I didn't realize it was on Batman a, Forever, right? Yeah, two sa- two yeah. movie soundtrack. That's I didn't know that. I do love and that that's song. A good segue. That's a good segue to the movies uh, that came out in 1995. Batman Forever, I saw that in theaters. I really enjoyed it at the time. Um, I think that was the beginning of the end for the Batman franchise at Mm. that point, though. At least it sure seemed like it. That's Um, uh, uh, Riddler Two-Face? Yeah, yeah, that was Riddler Two-Face. So Jim Carrey and um, Tommy Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah, Yeah, and they did not get along at all. Yeah, Uh, have you seen the quote? Yeah. About what is the I think Jim Carrey was on like Norm MacDonald's podcast or something like that when he talked about it. Right. And and Tom Lee Jones said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like an incredible thing to say. Man, that's an incredible thing to say to Jim Carrey. To Jim Carrey? I cannot sanction your buffoonery. That seems like a presidential decree. Right. That's like 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 what we would say to Russia. Yeah, Joe would say that. Yeah. Yeah. We will sanction your buffoonery, by the way. Can't sanction your buffoonery, Jack. Goldeneye was that year, was 95. Oh, yeah. uh, I have that on DVD. It's one of my favorite Bond movies. Um, I love Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Um, you know what? I've never seen cool. the movie nor played the game. How about that? Look at me. Wow. wow. You wow. haven't played the game? <laughs> I was well, wondering I what a, you'd get more I've, mad about, but right. I, <laughs> I have an unpopular opinion for you, which is that if you try to play it now, it's probably not going to seem very good. Yeah, <laughs> you, you need to play you it wrote... on PC with a mouse and keyboard and a like sixty frames version. But yeah, I've I've read your work and uh... oh <laughs> yeah, people did not like that. Um, but people who have played it recently were like, oh yeah, no, it's true. It's it doesn't. No, it's absolutely true. Yeah, it's it's and it's because of the crappy N sixty four controller. And I will go to my grave saying this. It's like an N64 incredibly. Con- it's a great piece of work. The fact that they were able to make it is great. And like, you know, if you if you play it with a mouse and piece and keyboard or with a normal controller now, it's it's fine. But it's so hard to go back to. Yeah, I, I really like um, the um, the way that game follows the movie is really cool. Mm. That was like kind mm-hmm. of unheard of at the time. But uh, having said that. Um, <laughs> It's it's once you get to the escort missions with uh, Natalia, oh <laughs> it is tough sledding because you end up shooting her like, oh, my God, it is it's rough. Um, <sighs> yeah, that game has not aged well and not just in the graphics department, but just right. in the the control tethering. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. If you if you're able. In fact, <clears throat> the last time I played it was on the Project 64 emulator mm. and I was able to um, uh rig my super nintendo usb controller to a a, a neat little system where i couldn't really move i couldn't really aim anything but i was able (laughs) to function just fine like good enough to get by uh so i i would much rather do it that way than the freaking n64 controller (laughs) any excuse to not use the n64 controller i'm I'm all for it yeah just grow a third arm already man you're you're well past (laughs) it 
you know what would have made a great video game? Uh, uh-huh. Babe. I mean, come on. Why didn't we oh get our God. Babe video game? Great movie. It'll <laughs> yeah. do big. That will do big. <laughs> oh, what's that guy's name that's in that? James Cochran uh, or something like that? I forget that guy's name. I think he might have been Jack Bauer's dad in a season of 24, which is weird that he was also he's been in everything. He, he yeah, was, no, he's actually uh, a really cool guy. Um, yeah. James uh, Cromwell. Cromwell. James Cromwell. Yeah, Co- the reason I got Cochran is because he is Zephyrin Cochran in Star yes. Trek First Contact. Yeah, in First Contact, right. So yeah, it's he, that guy's in everything. He's one of those like professional actors yeah. that like, just does stuff for for fun. Like just, it's like oh, it's work. Let's let's do it. Yeah. We also had the disaster that was Waterworld oh my God. in 1995. <laughs> um, e- even at the time, you knew that movie was gonna bomb. It was it was that bad. Like you ju- you could just tell from the trailers. It's like what is this? Like every this is immensely stupid it, like it's not cool it's not inviting it's it's not something that like like star wars where it's like i i, I don't have any desire to imagine myself as <laughs> right being a part of this world or anything like that it's it was such a bad idea for a movie but whatever they, they made were, it and... uh, yeah there were two famously terrible water movies that year because there is water world and there's also cutthroat island which was oh which, come on i liked which, cutthroat island <laughs> yeah but it did so badly it killed it pirate really movies like yeah, pirate movies yeah. were a thing and it basically just killed them for almost a decade until pirates of the caribbean came out poor um, gina davis i, I mean not, wow. not poor well, but I, <laughs> I always really liked her and i wanted her yeah she that was basically the last the game was okay except for the minecart parts yeah. man you're not kidding even the wikipedia for cutthroat island is like it killed pirate themed films until it's, 2003 it's, yeah. <laughs> it literally that was it. wow Hollywood's like pirates are over no one wants pirates anymore get out of here with your water pirates. is over no more movies with water <laughs> all water movies yeah. go away we also have judge dread which i oh, really yeah. enjoyed at the yeah. time. Great movie. version right that one uh kind of um bombed i want to mm-hmm. say it didn't quite bomb but it didn't do well uh especially by stallone standards so it was it was all right um i really liked it at the time i thought it was great but um how's that super nintendo game it's okay yeah Yeah. it's pretty Mm. good Mm -hmm. it's it's that that's when i think of that game i think of ladders (laughs) it's a lot of climbing man that sounds so fun a lot of ladders a lot of like not knowing where the ladders are Mm -hmm. sounds like a blast to be honest with it you. It was, uh, was it mocap or? I don't think there's any uh, motion capture of any Stallone movie or any Stallone game. And if, mm. if, if, at least I haven't seen it. I, uh, I was going to try to segue that into the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh. Because uh, that was, that was, was 95. Oh, was that also. 95? I, I love I that loved movie. I that movie when I was a kid. We watched it um, uh, not long ago in, the, in our Discord. And I was like, damn, this movie still kicks ass. It's still good. Yeah. It was like one of the only good video game movies in that whole first sort of like effort to make video game movies. I mean, it wasn't like a great movie on its own, but like, you know, it, was, it worked. Yeah. Tobias and Boone actually wrote uh, oh, some really? of that movie. They, they, well, not like right, right, but they, right. They, they had say over it, which huh. only makes sense. Yeah. Somebody slept walked through that second one, though. Gosh dang. <laughs> <laughs> 
we, we had you know, Billy Madison's when uh, mm. I don't know when when did ha- was Happy Gilmore Happy Gilmore would have been after this so I guess this might have I been, think it was after I think it was yeah. after because I think Happy Gilmore was like the first Adam Sandler movie that I was old enough to see same yeah yeah so that was I mean I don't I don't think I saw Billy Ma- Billy Madison until like way later but yeah I I have not seen Billy Madison in many many years mm. but um, Happy Gilmore I've seen. Within oh, the last few years, that yeah. movie is still laugh out loud funny. I don't mm. care what anybody says; it's great, it's still good. Uh, now, were you all? I mean, I think you you both probably would have been a little old, so like old for the the zeitgeist, the Power Rangers sort of zeitgeist. But that was it's, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because that is exactly when I decided that I'm not doing kid stuff anymore. Okay, it's like, interesting. All right, yeah. I'm done. Because yeah, <laughs> that was '95 was the Power Rangers movie, which oh, was really I saw that. Yeah, which they made Hell which yeah. I watched recently, like a year ago for some reason, and it, it's ter- I mean it's terrible. Is it terrible? But it okay. was made with completely original footage, like they weren't using um, like huh. Japanese uh, archival footage. But yeah, that was that, and uh, I remember a Goofy movie being a oh, a Goofy movie a was '95. Yeah. That immediately makes 1995 the best year of the decade. That's a great movie. Yeah, I <laughs> love that movie. There was a lot of good kid stuff that year because Toy Story was that year too. Um, I guess it yep. was more. Yeah, Alex, you missed out, man. You shouldn't have grown up so fast. You were 13 and yeah, too good for us little guys, that. but we were having a blast with Dude, that. I was <laughs> in a band playing Silver <laughs> yeah, Chair songs, cool, man. Uh, That's true. Yeah, cool That's true. I won't stuff. take that from you, but we were listening to oh Cotton Eye Joe and freaking watching Power Rangers. <laughs> God, yeah. Man, you yep. missed out, bud. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess a more grown-up movie of the time would have been Heat, which I still really like. I That's think a good Heat movie. Is like really fun. Uh, yeah, Val Kilmer steals the show. In oh that my movie. god! I, yeah, I, I love that. I love his god, character. He was in that and Batman Forever that year. That's wild. Yep, great year. Yep, yeah. Dude had a hell of a career going. Yeah. Um. The yeah, Heat was amazing. I wish I had seen that in theaters. I did. Not, oh my god! Sadly. Yeah. But um, then, yeah, Heat's imminently rewatchable. Uh, Trav, have you seen Heat? It's I have, it yeah. A, and it it reminds yeah. me of that Jim Gaffigan bit where he <laughs> he just brings it up. He's like, you know, it's twenty years after the fact, and he's like, "Does anybody want to talk about Heat? Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about it." It's like I get that. I always want to talk about old movies, and people mm. always want to talk about Marvel stuff. And I'm like, I'm more talk to me about Heat. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I like I'm so excited to just be talking about 95 movies cuz just like I don't really see a lot of newer stuff cuz I'm not really a big superhero movie person. Yeah, um, me neither. So I I mean I was I, I saw a few of them and then I kind of stopped around Ant-Man 2 whenever that was, but um do you ever see Hackers cuz that was 95 as well. Was that 95 too? Yeah. I did such a bad job putting together no, this No, 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 no. That's, it's, that's I've you completely have... left out Hackers. <laughs> Hack the world! <laughs> Hackers, kind of a pirate movie. Yeah. yeah kind that's of. That's true, yeah. yeah. Young Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, man. God. And Angie. They were an item, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and um, Angelina. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of big names in that movie. Fisher Stevens is like a weird corporate guy who rides around on a skateboard that's how uh, that's who i want to be hot off the super mario brothers movie <laughs> jeez i don't remember any of that i gotta i guess i gotta watch hackers again 
Yeah, I guess we didn't even bring up the the Mario Brothers movie, and was it? I guess that was ninety three. Oh God, what a crushing <laughs> disappointment that was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that until like four or five years ago, and uh, I was like, wow, this definitely happened. Yeah, huh. yeah, it was a movie that existed. It's so bad. Like I can't even describe. The only comparison for me for the Mario Brothers movie upon release, and I. I, my spidey sense was was tingling a bit with that movie. I was like, "Oh, this this isn't going to be good, is it?" Because it's like live action, and it's it's they're, they're trying mm-hmm. to do Dennis Hopper as Bowser, and it's like, "What are you even doing?" Uh, the only thing that compares is is uh, when I skip school to see Phantom Menace, mm. and walking out of the theater with that, I was like, "That was good, right?" I, I think that was good. I, I, that was good, right? Like, ah. I kept trying to convince myself that what I just saw was... it's Of course it's good. It's Star Wars. Dude, stop mm-hmm. thinking about it. It's good. And it's like, no, it's not good. It's, <laughs> it's really, really, really bad. Well, you know what? You know what's not bad? Apollo 13. Mm. What a what a good what is that? Five, was I don't that think a I've five ever hour seen movie? I don't think I've actually seen it either. I don't think <laughs> it ever ends. I think I've started it thirteen <laughs> times and I've never made it to the end. But by gosh, I uh, bet it ends pretty good. They <laughs> Yeah, it's probably fine, right? It's two hours and twenty they, minutes long, so you're gonna want to pack a couple lunches. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh I remember when like T B you know, some random cable station like TBS or USA Network would play it, and it'd be like three hours. I'm like, screw that! I'm not watching this whole thing. I know how it. I, yeah. I, I know how this ends. Right. It's like Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. I don't need it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I saw this in real life. Um, oh, but... I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple other ninety-five things, like just sort of some off the beaten path ones that no one else probably like. I, for some reason, saw the movie Major Pain several times as a kid. Oh, um, man. My which, my childhood best friend was obsessed with that movie. Dude, I watched Wayne's that movie a lot. as, like, a drill sergeant who then yes. has to, like, help some kids win some competition. I don't know. I that just, was so funny when I was a kid. It does not hold up. I, I bet it doesn't. I haven't seen it in 20 years. But um, it is, yes. Friday also was 95, which even if you have never seen, oh, man. you definitely have heard someone say Bye Felicia before. Bye Felicia. Yes. Um, which is is that. Um, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Chris Tucker was a freaking national treasure. For like, there's a, there was like an eight-year span where Chris Tucker, yes. like anything that guy mm-hmm. did was just mm-hmm. A++. Um, are we ready to get depressed and move into world events? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Merritt, do you have any other movies? <laughs> uh, I mean, Clueless was a huge Clueless. deal. And Paul Rudd Dude, basically I did. still looks <laughs> the same, which is cool. I'm so happy for Paul Rudd. I can't believe I missed this many great movies. Listen, a Clueless. lot of movies came out in 1995. Mortal I think he Kombat. did an admirable job. All right, thanks for thanks for lying to me, but it, it's I did so many, I missed so many. I guess I didn't see Clueless in the theaters, so it's that one oh, kind of. Yeah, did, I'll be I honest. Like a lot of these are later. things that I have only seen like way after the fact, and sure. was like just happened to be. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. This was ninety five. Damn. Yeah. When I think of stuff in the theater, I think of Braveheart, Batman right. Forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what the heck else did I see in the theater? Congo, Probably, maybe. No, I don't think we saw that one. Uh, uh, that's a Michael Crichton. Yeah. Movie, oh yeah. Right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. 
Uh, so we didn't see that one, but I think we did see uh, Beverly Hills Cop three. I don't know if that was oh wow ninety five or ninety four, but that was a really that was one of the uh, that movie taught me like yeah the bad oh, movies, movies can be bad yeah yeah movies that's such like be an bad. interesting moment when you're a kid and you're just like because I feel like when you're really young and you encounter something you're like oh I must. I must just not be getting it. Like, oh, there's right. something wrong with me. Exactly. There's not something wrong with the movie or the game. It's just me. And then you realize at some point, like, oh, no, sometimes people make things that are bad for a variety of reasons, <laughs> but things can just be bad. Yep. Right. Yeah, I remember having that uh, realization when I rented Bill Ambeer's Combat Basketball. <laughs> where I, I, I was I'm like... I'm so glad to have set up a mention of Bill Ambeer's Combat Basketball. <laughs> where I played that game and i was like how this is supposed to be good it's it's a game it's on super <laughs> nintendo a lot of people put work into this and it's freaking terrible like why why is this the way it is but yeah you know, he's still so mad we, i love it Ugh, it's so oh good God. um but but with world events we got oj simpson was not guilty do you guys have any memories of like that being announced or anything i do our class went all of our classrooms went into one class to watch the verdict in fifth grade wow yeah wow. and then we all went back to class kind of silent yeah. i remember we were all like i don't know what to think about that we're 10 <laughs> i remember being in ma in math class um this was eighth grade and um for some reason, our t in math, we had a TV in, in the classroom, like, in the corner. It was, like, mounted in the corner, like a big-ass, like, CRT TV. And the whole class stopped so we could watch the mm. verdict in real time. And that's very strange to think about in, in yeah. retrospect. Because, um, like, why? It's math. <laughs> but um, I think the teacher just secretly just wanted to know. So, <laughs> because when it was announced... I'll never forget her reaction. She was like just shaking her head like, oh, my God, like I can't believe it. And she was so and, you know, the, everybody in the class just kind of gasped and that was it. And then it's like back to freaking like pre-algebra. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell just happened? That was really strange. <laughs> yeah, but, that was yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I just remember everyone was like, oh, and like everyone kind of thinking like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this at school, so I'm going to go home and see what my parents say kind of thing. And <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to bottle this up until the till after the bus. Yeah. 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 And it turns out, yeah, I did, I did something similar and it turns out my dad does not care and he's sick of thinking about it already. So he <laughs> he's already moved on. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any memories of that, Merritt? No. I feel like I was maybe just too young. And also, like, I didn't, I don't know, growing up in, growing up in Canada, like, obviously American stuff oh, I mean, oj simpson yeah. was like global like global news totally. obviously but uh but there's always this weird thing of like american <laughs> news kind of feeling like it was happening on another planet but also it was like everywhere mm. so i didn't really like know what to make of any of that stuff um yeah, yeah i just remember playing we like nes golf for some reason <laughs> it would have been i don't know why it was in 95 but like and just like a friend whenever the ball would go out of bounds and it would say ob for some reason a friend would just start saying like oh oj simpson trial and i was like what does that even mean it's not like even, uh... it's not even what it says on the screen um <laughs> so yeah i know i am um, i feel like i was barely conscious uh, at, at yep. this at this point in in the world so um man, man not many memories of that stuff uh all right so we talked about the OJ trial. Um, we also had the Oklahoma City bombing that year. 
And I remember this pretty vividly. Like I was, you know, we were at school most of the day. This happened at like, I think like in the middle of the day. But I remember, and it sticks out to me that this happened on a Wednesday. And I don't Hmm. know why, I don't know why Wednesday sticks out to me. But I also know that Wednesday was also um, the day of the Columbine shooting that would uh, happened four years later. And so I always associated Wednesdays with tragedy when I was a young kid. So when I would get off the mm. bus at school, it's kind of depressing, but I, when I would get off the bus and go inside <laughs> on a Wednesday, I always had this like weird suspicion that my mom would already be watching some like some unending news cycle about some tragedy. And I feel like there was more than just those two examples, but I was like, man, Wednesdays are the friggin' worst. So for some reason that sticks out to me, but I didn't learn about like the ins and outs of everything that was involved with that case and all the players and all of like the, you know, the the societies that McVeigh had had associated with. I didn't know any of that stuff. All in your surface level Mm. details. The fact that he was only what, like 27? Young dude. Yeah. Had that haircut. I mean, whew. Oh yeah, it's wow. a hair, as Grandpa Simpson would would say, it's a haircut you could set your watch to. That's, no doubt, that's the thing that sticks that out. Military to me. cut. It was ridiculous. It's funny you say that about Wednesdays. I associate April with and like April. disasters. I mean, it was also that was also Columbine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Oklahoma City and Columbine, and wow, um, yeah. a few other things I can't think of at the top of my head, but. Every time April and April's when my birthday is, so it's like okay, I'm I'm I've, I've earned another year on planet Earth. Here comes another deluge of of crap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, sorry April, everybody. April is the cruelest month. Uh, T.S. Yeah. Eliot called it, but no, you're right. I mean, and I, you know, uh, I was attending Virginia Tech when when that happened. That was also an April event. Oh, so, oh um, my God, I don't think that was a Wednesday though, but. At any rate, um, April rough month. You're right, Alex. Gosh dang. Yeah, that's I. I. I anytime my my uh, my birthday rolls around, I get nervous. But um, what I don't get nervous about. Speaking of great segues, that travel. Please. Proves, so, I mean, um, we had to bring up the tragedies. Everyone was aware. Ninety five big year for that stuff. Uh, we we gave it time. Now what what's what's what segues into something happy. Uh, the Critic. I love that show. Mm. Um, I thought it was uh, really, really funny when I was a kid. I was very disappointed to see it canceled. I watched it, uh, not all every episode, but a bunch of episodes recently, and it's still really funny. John Lovitz is a great voice actor. I wish he had done more voice acting. Mm. Love John Lovitz. Um, yeah, and um, there's also the Drew Carey show, oh, which yeah. I think, Trev, you put on here. And that show was definitely different it was really weird yeah they went on these weird tangents that went beyond the construct of a typical sitcom which i had not seen before before that show so i really like if i went back to it i would probably enjoy a lot of it because at the time i think it was so outside what i was used to seeing that i was like i don't i don't like this it's different and weird um but yeah just doing like really bizarre like semi-experimental stuff. Yeah, I think also a, a lot of that Ferguson. is. Oh yeah, and Craig Ferguson. I feel like a lot oh, of that yeah. was like their improv bent to to right. their writing style, and so yeah. they did, they didn't really put bounds around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, speaking of like weird comedy stuff, um, Mr. Show started yeah. in '95. Did it really? Oh yeah, man. that's one I had to go back. Uh, I, I didn't. We didn't have HBO at the time, but. Uh, I was gifted, I forget by who, uh, a DVD of some of their best stuff, like, sometime when I was older. And Jesus, that show is, 
<laughs> some of the st- I, I don't understand how they can come up with some like, of the stuff unbelievably that they do. funny stuff yeah <laughs> just one of our greatest mm. national treasures yes like, what was my favorite sketch from that is probably the uh the r&b group uh what is it called uh <laughs> like love times 10 or something like that or like <laughs> love plus 10 minus two or something like that and it's basically like uh david cross just going like for like two (laughs) minutes and then bob odenkirk is like dressed up like one of the guys from bone thugs and harmony and he he, all he says is damn that's it that's the whole song (laughs) and it's like how did these guys come up with this three times one minus one was that's what it is Uh, yeah yeah Yep. I always go back to uh, the lie detector sketch. <laughs> that's, like, it's that's crack. Really it's great. Too. It gets you really high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that show is eminently rewatchable. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, I haven't seen. I don't know if I've seen any ER, but that was very popular in 1995, based on what mm. I looked up. Did you? Were you guys ERites? Is that what they call them? <laughs> ERites. <laughs> I barely remember ER being a thing to be honest yeah yeah and and then yeah. some of it like it's weird because like thinking about the mid-90s i'm like is this because i was too young or is it because we didn't have it in canada and i'm pretty sure we had er because it was like a big yeah. deal but i definitely don't remember seeing it yeah i did not care whatsoever it was just your latest medical there are t- two shows i can immediately like tune out of and this is just me there's cop shows and hospital shows. It's like, nope, mm. I'm done. Like, it depends on not, the cop show. Thing. Like the modern procedural is kind of rote and yeah, formulaic. But you give me one of those classics. You give me a, you give me an in the heat of the night. But I'm, whew, well, yeah. Sign me I, up. I mean, that's. I think that's why I'm I'm done with those because I've seen, I, like the Wire was the absolute best procedural show. Yeah. Ever. Like, yeah. It, it's so detailed and so good. Um, it, and stuff like Hill Street Blues is, was also mm. great. Solid. But um, now, like, like oh, my parents are your typical boomers that watch, like, freaking NCIS and, <laughs> you know, all, all that crap. Yeah. All and the abbreviations, like, I, yeah. I don't know what you guys see in these shows, but yeah. I guess there's, like, some kind of... I mean, because I have things that I watch that... Uh, like I'll watch some of the same YouTube videos over and over so I guess there's like some comfort <laughs> in like seeing the same characters go through sort of a pattern you know over time that's it's, a good point yeah I guess you're you're maybe not watching it to be surprised or to to be you know whatever it's like oh I know how this is going to go basically and I like that it's similar every time but I'm not a big fan of them either but I guess I can kind of see why people are yeah the only the thing that gets right me on. in those shows not to go off on a tangent about this but like anytime these detectives go and talk to somebody who's at work these people, they just don't respect. They're like, they like be moving crates. Like, yeah, what do you want? Like, hey, we're the police. We're here to ask you about a murder. Well, hurry up. Only got a few minutes. It's like, dude, he's here to ask you about a fucking murder. Put the crate <laughs> down for a second and talk to the guy. No, got to move all these crates. The appropriate response. <laughs> I've been working on the war for 20 years. I ain't got time to talk about no murder. Like, come on. These somebody died. Gonna move themselves. Yeah. Somebody died. God. Give him five minutes, Incredible. bud. Jeez. No, um, no, I get upset no. about it. Uh, uh, we got the Starbucks Frappuccino now debuting it, the big frap. Oh wow! I don't think we got a Starbucks in Minnesota for a long time. We, we definitely didn't have a Starbucks yeah, until the two thousands. 
Yeah. We had a weird Canadian knockoff. You got Tim. We well, guys Tim got Hortons. Tim Hortons up there. Well, we did have Tim Starbucks. Hortons, but Tim Hortons is sort of more of like a working class kind of vibe. Working and, on the wharf, yeah. moving those crates, drinking that. Yeah, tinnies. exactly, exactly. <laughs> those guys. It's for the the yeah the, uh, the stevedores. Um, but uh, wait, do you know who started Tim Hortons? Was it not Tim Horton? No. It's a man <laughs> named Tim Horton who was a hockey player. Oh, all right. Which is yeah, hey, Alex, from my hometown. There were there was a block where there was a Tim Hortons on every corner. It was it was nuts. It was wild. Wow. Who did he play for? Hopefully not the Leafs. Uh, it might have been the Leafs, but um, but we Ugh. hated the Leafs in my hometown because um, Toronto was just far enough away that we could never get a an NHL yeah. team. So we sort of yeah, he played for the Leafs, but then he also played for the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Sabers. Oh. Tim Horton. Tim Horton's yeah. a real guy. He was yeah. a real guy. Did not know uh, that. Yeah. Real coffee yeah. loving Canadian fella. You gotta love that. Um a couple of just kids ninety shows. Um Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh Sailor Moon aired in the US for the first time in ninety five, which was a huge deal. It was like one of the first anime I ever saw. Was um, it really? Um that that I don't remember seeing that until like Adult Swim, like way or Cartoon Network until Maybe like it was just after. in Canada, but I yeah, no, yeah. it was um it was in 95 apparently and then um huh. there were a few other shows like uh freakazoid was uh oh i, I was loved freakazoid. freakazoid that was like an early like internet culture thing too because it was all about him getting like sucked into the internet or like something like that um which i didn't really understand at the time but... yeah one of the great theme songs oh my god of so any show ever if not we'll be unemployed freakazoid freakazoid <laughs> Yeah, that's that was a a great show. It's also, on after Animaniacs, if I remember. Correctly. Yes, yeah. Also, Goosebumps and the theme song of that show uh, terrified me as a kid. And that floating shadowy G, mm. I would just leave the room or change the channel because Heck yeah, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Don't need that. Uh, I wonder if those hold up. Check those out. I never <laughs> watched it. I I was happy with the books. I didn't mm. want a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Have you seen it, Trav? No, we were thinking about it because we got the We Got Goosebumps podcast. We're thinking about doing a bonus app where we, we watch them mm. and kind of kind of right toss on. in about this. I don't know if they hold up. I think probably Are You Afraid of the Dark holds up better. Probably. As far as like Ooh. a kid's yeah. horror thing. And that also terrified me. But That was one of the only Nickelodeon. Sorry to throw shade at Nickelodeon. I, didn't, I was no, not I a Nickelodeon kid. You were too cool for us. But, we know. Um, We've heard. <laughs> but are you afraid of the dark was quality yeah um it was that and ren and stimpy were like mm. and and i guess rocco's modern life were, were my sure were my go-tos yeah. back then did you did you rock any doug were you a doug funny guy i would watch it if it was on right. but i wouldn't like okay. seek it out or anything all right, do, 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 all right. Do, just you're always do. learning some lesson about greed or breaking your neighbor's grill or whatever <laughs> and for some reason skeeter was a different color he was like blue it's like what <laughs> yeah are you sick is he sick is he sure choking? what's wrong with him why is he um we can bust through i'm gonna hit books real quick because uh in 1995 was the year amazon sold its first book wow created a monster that year douglas hofstadler's statler's I don't really know how you say that, but he wrote uh, Fluid Concepts and Creative Analogies, Computer Models of the Fundamental Mechanisms of Thought, first book ever sold on Amazon, and mm. bought by a nerd, no less. 
Uh, and John Grisham's The Rainmaker was the best-selling book that year. I'm sure none of us read that. But uh, John Grisham just yearly hitting those home runs. Yeah, he was just in his, in his bag at that point, huh? Ooh, just guy, guy was a machine. Mush. Yeah. yeah. Hey, the, 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 the quintessential airport bookstore <laughs> yeah. Uh, author. Yep. Yeah. Man. Good for him. Now, um, Pogs, anybody... Did you pog it? Pogs. No, never yes. got into it. You pogged Merit. What, I was big into pogs. What does what? How, how does one pog? What is a? What do you do with? There pogs? was a game <laughs> associated with it that I don't really remember anyone playing that much. But the idea was you would stack them up. You would combine, I think, like your pogs and other people's pogs, and then you had like a slammer, which was like a hard plastic mm-hmm. one. And the idea was you would try to throw it and hit the top of the stack so that they sort of popped up. And huh. I think any that fell face side down, you got to take. So it was banned pretty quickly because it was basically gambling for kids. <laughs> but uh, like with any any childhood game where like something was on the line, mm-hmm. like even if it was just like little cardboard circles, that was like really uh ripe for banning by school authorities right so i think most people i know just collected them makes sense uh but there were pogs of like everything yeah it was like trading cards basically there was a uh i guess over the pandemic everything that was has ever been collector e uh went right. through a boom so there was a mini pog boom i noticed um that's so weird so people were getting back into the pogs or trying to find oh some online God. and i mean they're not expensive you can buy like a right. thousand for a dollar but um <laughs> it, they, they did kind of resurface for a minute i thought that was kind of neat because I, I was like oh my god these exist and that's how i got to see like there were really pogs for probably everything that we've mentioned today Oh, I mean, yeah, it was just like, like, it was almost as big as, that's just like the height of trading cards. Like, I remember, you know, I had like a, I think I had a Boomer Kawanger Mega Man X Pog and I was like, oh, wow. I would totally want that. That's because awesome. like, just <laughs> games merch at that time was so rare. Um, yeah, it was. Like Nintendo stuff. And it was just like, occasionally McDonald's would have something, but like, that's about it. Um, so, but speaking of like weird craze stuff this was beanie babies year too dude yeah didn't we talk about that in 94 uh i i don't know if we did it may may have been errantly um and and by the way trev i have to call you out on something real quick please you said there's pogs on everything we talked about already perhaps i don't think i want to see any oklahoma city bombing (laughs) pogs fair fair enough probably pretty okay fair enough probably not great I mean, I can roll with yeah. O.J. Simpson pogs. I was going to say. Sure. Not Timothy McVeigh uh, pogs. Probably I'm, I'm, there is I'm not, not that. going down that. It's like, yeah. as I shamefully rake my O.J. pogs into the trash, I understand. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, as long as the pog is a picture of him, like, a naked gun where he flies off the balcony oh my in a God, wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, fun fact, I guess, I don't know. Uh, Beanie Babies, a, a more fun fact than Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, Beanie Babies were available in 1993, <laughs> but were cited as being the world's first internet since sensation in 1995 so that's how it's tagged in 1995 mm. it became okay. I got sensationalized okay. so there you go that way huh. we can't get called out the commenters be damned alex that we, we beat them we, we, we got to the <laughs> fine facts first. fine we got to the facts first did, did you did anybody hear beanie beanie baby it up 
No. I imagine Alex Not did. Not at all. He was a, I did. I was like, Alex was um, averse to Nickelodeon. Certainly he didn't Beanie Baby. <laughs> so he certainly weren't Beanie Baby. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was right at that right age for it. And also, like, my mom... So my parents had, had split up a couple of years before. My mom was seeing someone who owned or managed a Hallmark store. So we had the hookup for Beanie Babies, basically. Yeah. Wow. So we had like the Princess Die Beanie Baby and like Whoa. the Grateful Dead Beanie <laughs> Baby. Yeah, there was a commemorative Princess Die Beanie Baby. <laughs> Dang, and I thought Pogs had everything. I wish I I wish I could go back in time and get that for my mom. My mom was a huge Princess Die yeah. like fan. I guess, oh my god, yeah. No, mine wow. too. My my mom was like my mom is uh British, so she that was like a huge thing. Um but yeah, no. And then, you know, we got rid of them all a few years later. Um, but man, God, what a weird moment. It was wild. That was wild. It was, uh, I remember it being a sensation. I remember, you know, the, the whole thing, like people buying them up thinking they were going to be collector's items. And then mm-hmm. that, of course, fell flat. And then I remember just some kids in my school just liking them, just like kids like things. Yeah. So they had their favorites. But um, man, it was a weird, weird, really weird time. They were the NFTs of their time. Yeah. Actually, we, <laughs> we ended up naming our, uh, we got a puppy that year. and We named it after a beanie baby that uh, my sister had. So we ended up naming a dog oh, wow. Toby after a beanie baby. Wild. Wild times, <laughs> folks. Uh, now to Alex with sports. Oh, okay. We got, uh, how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys? I, I, I will share a short story here where um, in eighth grade, uh, I don't know what class it was. Was it social studies or something like that? Um, it had to have been. But uh, my teacher uh, had us do a project where we went up to the front of the class and talked about a uh, some sort of world event that happened um, that uh, that happened like that week or something like that. We had to go up in front of the class, talk for two minutes about it, explain what happened, explain the details, blah, blah, blah. I and, and sports were off limits because mm. that was seen as too easy. <laughs> so w- what I ended up doing to get around that was um, I said, hey, the Cowboys beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, but I think it was rigged. And here's why I think it. And so I went to the marker board and I went up and like drew like, where is Neil O'Donnell throwing this ball at this point? He threw an out pattern and there was nobody there except Larry Brown. And he ran it back for a touchdown. Easy win for the Cowboys. The fix is in, folks. And my teacher, there was like this silence after I was done. And the teacher was like, dude, I told you there's no sports. I was... (laughs) It's like as, as passionate as I had ever been in my life at that point. I was like, "This goes beyond sports. This is this is a rigged Super Bowl. This is." And he let Man. me slide with it because he saw how much I cared. Gosh, I I just you're a real Dale Gribble about sports. You're like <laughs> from King of the Hill, just like mm-hmm. these guys down here. You can't trust these sports guys. He went full Dale Gribble on them. I love that. Yes. I still think Neil O'Donnell threw that game because it was such an egregiously bad interception. He still it was up. embarrassing. Ugh, good stuff, man. What else? What else in sports that year? Uh, we got uh, Nebraska put a sixty burger on Florida. Woo! 
uh, and the Atlanta Braves uh, coming back from the Major League Baseball strike. They yeah. beat the Cleveland Indians. By the way, that Indians team from '95. Uh, if you're listening, please look up that lineup. It is insane. Stacked. Jim Tomey, it's Manny Ramirez, it's Carlos Baerga, Robbie Alomar. It's just like one I mean, after another after and another. Honestly, like that Braves team was also pretty dang. Pretty dang stacked, too. The pitching staff definitely yeah. was, yeah. You got Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin. Yeah. That was uh, a great series, Steve if Avery. I remember, right? That was uh, it was a pretty exciting series, if I remember, right? I don't remember the series <laughs> at all, really. Um, I just remember the Braves winning and being like, finally, this, this yeah, finally great got team it. finally freaking got it done. It was, uh, uh, Michael Jordan returned from baseball. Wow. Get him out of oh, there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he he returned and he came back as number forty five instead of number twenty three, which was intensely weird, uh, but it worked. Uh, yeah. He he managed to pull it off at least for a few weeks before he went back to <laughs> promptly went back to twenty three. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then the Houston Rockets swept Orlando, the Orlando Magic. Oh. That was like the one of the biggest disappointments ever because it was Hakeem Olajuwon, Hakeem the Dream against Shaq. And this was young Shaq in 95. Mm-hmm. So Very it was like young. skinny Shaq. <laughs> so it was a great like matchup of like old wily veteran versus the young kid. Young kid just got demolished. Like Shaq didn't have a chance. Interesting, interesting series. It was a sweep. Uh, and then we have the New Jersey Devils crushing the Detroit Red Wings in, a, in another sweep. Uh, and a lot of hockey fans uh, rue that victory because uh, it escorted in the, what do you call it, the, the defensive trap uh, era where every game from then on was like, oh, well, here's the devil showed you how how to win. It's it's one to nothing. You just have to have Marty Brodeur in net and then you have to uh, just trap the puck and grind mm. against the boards and it, it was the worst it was an awful era of hockey but uh yeah that that's that's why i point that out because it was it was bad but, i'm sure uh, hockey fans are nodding along with you as you spoke they're like yeah possibly amen i mean all i gotta say is jock lemaire that's that's all i gotta say that's all you, honestly that's all you had to say the whole thing the whole time jock, oh okay jock sorry <laughs> uh tim horton I, that's another hockey yeah. player <laughs> so true tim horton I know two now. Uh, no, that's good. Thanks thanks for the sports, Alex. Uh, now to merit with weather. No, I'm kidding. Uh, games. <laughs> we got uh, Super Nintendo, oh, Alex. Games. Yeah, yeah we finally made it. I'm sure folks are like, finally. God damn, why do I even listen to this podcast? <laughs> um, I would say this is a, you know, a, a good era of Super Nintendo sequels, and uh, we, mm. we, got, we got one or two new IPs that uh, I know Alex is a big fan of one of them. So, Alex, you're the Super Nintendo guy. Take us through what was hot. Uh, uh, what what was hot? Um, what was hot. What was scalding hot? <laughs> um, Chrono Trigger. Uh, Chrono, obviously, yeah. that was the game. I and I when I first made this list, I I somehow forgot. For some reason, I always think Chrono Trigger is ninety six. Mm. I don't know why, but um, that was the first uh RPG that I rented that where. I've played RPGs before then, but that was the first one I played where I remember sitting down to play it, and it felt like I, I played for like four or five hours, and it felt like 15 minutes. 
Mm. And I, I had gotten all the way to, in my, my first playthrough, I had gotten all the way to the trial of, of Chrono. And I was, I remember shutting it off at that point and going upstairs. Everybody had gone to bed. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell happened? Did I enter a time warp or something? It was insane. So, and then I, after that, I went straight back downstairs and started playing again. So it was, it, that's, that game is, is, seriously like just special it's it's different um there was also killer instinct at that point um and that felt to me at that at that time as a big super nintendo dork it's like oh great another fighting game <laughs> like big freaking deal like we have enough fighting games at this point i don't need another one so uh, i didn't buy into the hype at, at all at that point but mm. Um, playing it after the fact was uh, pretty rewarding because it was it, it, it's like kind of the thinking man Street Fighter where you really do need to learn these moves, plan ahead, uh, consider your who your opponent is. If it's like Glacius or, you know, whoever, like you need to fight this way, you need to fight that way for this opponent. I appreciate that about this game. Uh, there's also Donkey Kong Country 2, which is, in my opinion, a top five Super Nintendo game. That's uh, so much better a... than the first one. Oh my god, it's Just light like years better. not having to be Donkey Kong. Yeah, and uh, the sprites uh, aren't as big, so you're right. not this big lumbering thing uh, just running across the screen. There's also Mega Man X2. There's our other RPGs like Breath of Fire 2. I remember oh Breath of Fire 2 Breath being of Fire a two big deal. One of my favorite games of all time, even though yeah. the Super Nintendo release is almost unplayable. <laughs> like, the translation's not The translation great. is terrible because they were trying to fit in English, you know, words into spaces that were created, like fields that were created for like Japanese characters. That's right. So, like, yeah. you, like, everything is like, like Iron Sword is like Ernstert. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, but that game had such a big impact on me as a kid. Like, I have a oh, yeah. tattoo from Breath of Fire. Wow. Um, Do you really? Yeah, I have the um, the eye from the beginning when, like, because that game opens oh. and it's this giant monster eye. It's like, give yourself to God. And I was like, wow. Where's Mario? Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> um, it was because it was the first JRPG I ever played and it was just like this totally different from any other game I'd ever seen. Um, right. And I still really love it. And if you, you know, if you play it with like a retranslation patch and you can turn down the encounter rates a little, it's still really good. But yeah, what's what's the encounter rate re regulator? It's called like Marble yeah. Three. That that might be the first. Oh, game, the item. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's yeah. like there are patches you can get where I think you can actually turn them down because yeah. it's there. It's way over the top. It's like you're, you're... every th five steps. Yep. And but. if you want, it, it, it doubles down on that by if you wandering, <clears throat> if you're wandering into the wrong spot on the map, mm -hmm. if you go too far, then all of a sudden you <laughs> you get these insanely overpowered enemies that right. kill you in like two hits. All the enemies yeah, look so cool, though. Like, the, yeah, just like the battle layout and everything, game. the character design is great. Um, I really wish that they would re-release. Um, I mean, they you know, some of those games are on different services but like the later breath of fire games never really got re-released yeah. or anything so we also had earthbound oh my which god yeah. i completely forgot I, I and to be honest i had a really bad impression of earthbound <laughs> in the game. 
Yeah, me because too. it was they did the like smell oh, thing. That. The strategy yeah. guy uh, that came with it, yeah. And um, Nintendo Power had some of those too. The cards uh, or something, right? The cards that were scratch and sniff and they smelled bad. I, there was one that was supposed to smell like pizza. And it was one of the worst things I've ever smelled. And like, I, I feel like every once in a while, I'll like just remember that and be like, "What was that? Like, how did they produce that smell?" It's very strange. It, it was such a strange ad campaign. It's strangely fitting for Earthbound, but they had no idea did, how to handle that game, though. Like when they were yeah, marketing yeah. it here, right? That, that game is not the type that would be easily advertised or marketed in in North America for sure. Um, and then we also got on the Genesis, by the way, the Genesis, I'm tipping my hat right now. Mm -hmm. I don't have a hat on, but I'm theoretically (laughs) tipping Mm -hmm. my hat to the Genesis going since 1989. Like it originally went up against NES. Right. They're still cranking out. A lot of people They're still cranking out bangers like Fantasy Star 4. Like, God damn. Like that's a great freaking game. Um, you also got Beyond Oasis, Crusader mm. of Senti. Uh, you got the treasure-developed Alien Soldier, oh my which God. is just so a badass weird. game. Yeah, yeah, super weird I only encountered it a lot later like via emulation, but just like, it's just such a bizarre, like, like oh, oh so cool. Gunstar Heroes, but like just bosses and like you're yeah. a weird bird monster. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's a basically like John Carpenter the game. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's so much fun. I, and then you had, uh, what I always thought was strange is that the Genesis had Gargoyles. Um, oh, yeah. Which was a, I think TV that was show, a right? Disney franchise yeah. or something. But I felt gypped. I was like, why isn't mm. this on Super Nintendo? Why is this on Genesis? So that's, um, And Trav, I think you added this note here that technically, technically... Uh, it was the Genesis was the best selling console in North America that year. Yeah, I saw wow. that. That blew me away. For, basically, for what you said, it's it's seven years yeah. in, and it's really that's why that was the year that um, it finally did it. <laughs> no, I think I think it did it back in the early nineties too. At least a couple. Of yeah, like nineteen ninety. Yeah, but as late as ninety five is it's crazy. Yeah. It had some bangers in ninety five. I mean you mentioned a bunch and then Ristar was ninety five as well. Wow. Which is that how you say that? Ristar? Or is it Ristar? I, 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 I don't know. I, I I've never both. been quite sure, but I loved that game when I was a kid. I never owned a Genesis, but I had friends who did. And um such a cool like so much personality in that game. Um, yeah, it's a it's a different kind of platformer. Totally, so it's, it's like kind much, of slower, but like, right? Yeah, it's sort of the you're seeing some stuff that would happen in like nights and later games in there, but and it's girthy too. Um, I remember being Yoshi's like, Island it's a long game. was also ninety five. Oh, and Yoshi's the, Island. Oh yeah, yeah. Yoshi's Island ninety five Super Nintendo. Yoshi's Island was ninety five. God, that was I like one of my it. favorite. <laughs> like I remember my grandma got me that, um, and. Yeah, just like nothing really had looked like that before at that point. Yeah, that I'm aware. Of. I I hated Yoshi's Island at first. I, it was pretty divisive because the the baby crying yeah. and stuff. The, well, it was the baby crying and the crayon visuals, mm. the crayon drawn visuals. Really I, different, I, and like calling it Super Mario World Two was like kind of yeah. setting it up to be kind of hated. I think because it was well, so different. I, I felt like I was being talked down to. 
oh, at that okay. point. So because it was like, oh, here's a kid game with crayon drawings and a baby crying, and it's right. like, screw this, I want to play Doom. <laughs> so it was, yeah, I I didn't like it, but it's it's one of the best platformers of the of that era for sure. We got the Virtual Boy, one of the best systems of. Uh, <laughs> Did you know anyone who owned a Virtual Boy? No. No, did not. My cousin had one. Oh, really? You knew someone in the day? So I played one like in 95. Whoa. Um, my, my cousins had, had one, and the, I think the only game I played on it was Wario Land, which is like one of the only good games on it. It's good, though. But it was so weird because it was like, yeah, you're just, it was virtual reality. Like for people who weren't there, it's like, imagine a VR helmet on legs. like that you have to put your face up to there's no strap or anything and then most of the games weren't even first person so it was like what is the the point of this i don't even think (laughs) nintendo really knew yeah it kind of felt like you were just peeking in on someone else like is is it okay to play this (laughs) hey wario am i are you good (laughs) are you good are you decent um I the, I played through the Wario game uh, not long ago and was actually surprised by how good it was. But I think it's one of those like looking back, I'd appreciate it. But at the time, I think my expectations would have been higher, and I would have been disappointed right, wanted, by it. Right? It was called the Virtual Boy. You wanted right. like virtual reality. Exactly. That's a good wasn't. point. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that that Virtual Boy definitely happened in 1995. Sure did. But so did the PlayStation. And we saw. Yeah, we saw a huge shift in the video oh, yeah. game world in 95 with the release of the PlayStation, wow. which has its own fascinating backstory where yeah. um, that was supposed to be the CD peripheral for right. the Super Nintendo. And uh, Nintendo didn't like Sony's terms. Mm-hmm. And so they just backed the hell out. And Sony was like, screw, screw you guys. We got, <laughs> I'm going out. We, we went through all this trouble to develop this. We're going to release it on its own. And goddamn, they upended the video game world. I remember, game, yeah. I remember uh, my friend from grade school or from junior high, uh, Dustin, he had a playstation like from day one and he had ridge racer and god damn that was <laughs> like light years ahead of like anything yeah. i'd seen before it was like arcade quality stuff it was, it was like god damn like where did this come from this is this could have been a super nintendo game what the hell <laughs> i always I didn't forget. know that at the time i always yeah. forget that it was this early because i remember like uh i had a so i never had subscriptions to any games magazines as a kid um but I would sometimes, you know, we would get copies of magazines like at the newsstand or drugstore or whatever. So I had a GamePro from like a fall issue of GamePro from 95. And I only know when it's from now because I looked it up recently and it goes for a lot of money because there was a Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City trading card that came in that issue <laughs> uh, that apparently people want to buy. But um, yeah, and so, you know, it had like, oh, Super Nintendo Genesis and stuff. But then it had like also playstation saturn um and then also like some because the jaguar and stuff were coexisting at that time and 3d and all those things which was very strange but i was like what i don't know anyone who has video games that look like this Mm -hmm. like this is Mm -hmm. a totally different thing yeah that's great stuff it was it was a lot of fun to uh experience at the time even though it was secondhand for me Mm -hmm. you also had twisted metal you had tekken you had Rayman, oh, God, yeah. 
but yeah, like a lot of like arcade quality stuff was finally like right there in uh home console version. One of my favorite bits of history is uh in the in the book Console Wars, uh where Tom Kalinsky, who was the head of Sega of America at the time, he talks about the Sega Saturn release through gritted teeth like basically yeah. like he was very like against what mm-hmm. ended up happening and i don't blame him because the playstation came out and i think there it's there's like this famous uh press conference where all they did was say the price and it was like 250 or i forget what the price was, it was like 150 something like that and that made Sega panic. It made Sega mm. of Japan panic. And they pushed up the release of the Sega Saturn, which also came out in 95, uh, in the fall. And they didn't have anything ready. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Sonic games. They didn't have Jack ready. So what they ended up doing was porting a bunch of their arcade stuff. Uh, which managed to work out reasonably well, like Daytona USA, Virtual Fighter. Mm-hmm. In a weird bit of trivia, Virtual Fighter and Virtual Fighter Two both came out in '95, oh, which wow. I think is huh. kind of interesting. But um, and also games like Panzer Dragoon, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. But um, yeah, there was no Sonic game. It, right. It's like why do a <laughs> Sega system without a launch? Sonic title. That's what people associate Sonic or Sega with. Yeah, exactly. Like, why not do that? But they did not do that. Uh, they were very strange times in Sega at that point. And not coincidentally, I think Tom Kalinske, uh ended up resigning as mm. the Sega of America head, like, not even a year later after that, because he was so frustrated with Sega of Japan uh, imposing these this kind of crap on him so he was just like nope i'm done dang I, that is a great book by the way console wars that's mm. yes it's excellent fantastic book um i don't know if it's going to be as good as a land party coffee table book but it's a pretty good book it will certainly <laughs> have more words i mean but mine will have more pictures so i'm <laughs> yeah i'm in honestly, a picture it was worth gonna a thousand words duck- so it's gonna have dudes duct taped to the ceiling. Right. Yep. Take that, Which Tom. Which Blake Harris did not um, put. Yeah, Tom <laughs> in his book. I uh, uh, some of my friends got me a Saturn for my birthday a couple of years ago which uh was really sweet but also yeah I just like it was always this weird mystery console to me because yeah. no one I knew had one. I knew people who had Playstations um, I think I had a friend who maybe rented a Saturn back when that was a thing you could do. Yeah. But I, I never I had maybe played one for all of like an hour and then and now I have one in my living room and it's like the only console I have hooked up. I don't really play it that often, but it's so weird to just be like, oh yeah, I could just play Virtua Fighter too, I guess, if I wanted to. Yeah, I but think also, only like, having a Saturn hooked up might might <laughs> you might be the only person in the world like that. Right. Yeah. It's very weird. Um I I should get it modded at some point because I think it's not that difficult to do because there's no way that I am paying the market prices for any Saturn game. Oh no! In don't do this it. day and age, because no, do uh, 
it's uh it's ridiculous i think there's a, a cartridge you i think it's called like free saturn that you can use that you put in the little yeah, cartridge or like slot a game that... genie or shark and you plug it in that weird cartridge slot that the saturn has for some reason yeah yeah um so yeah very strange concept that'll open it up for you all right well that was games i mean we ran through it but i think we hit now all i the do highlights. need to i do need to just mention one last oh, game please go ahead quickly, yes. which was 95 which was uh everywhere you couldn't open a magazine without seeing it um and of course we all know the name today and it's zoop um, <laughs> zoop uh was 1995 game of the year uh what Game of the year. I have never played. I I barely know what Zoop is, but uh, it was inescapable. Um, Yeah, I did the I did a whole video about like everybody knows this cover. Right, everybody knows this thing. What actually is this game? It's just like a basic puzzle game. It's It's an okay puzzle game that was on literally everything. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. It's on Game Boy. It's on Game Gear. It's on. Neo Geo Pocket, it's on freaking Gamecom or whatever the hell that's <laughs> called. It actually was not on Gamecom. As on the links. What? I was going to say, as someone who has a full Gamecom collection now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I'm proud of, yep. okay? Incredible, incredible. The no zoop. is hardcore. And thank you, thank you also for saying Gamecom and not Game.com. Right. Which is what you would think it would be. I know. But it wasn't. Ugh, I've been trying to no. correct that record in the public eye for years now but yeah game calm no zoop no zoop 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 said we're not gonna go there (laughs) okay well Well, look even we have standards (laughs) zoop seriously seems like it would be like part of the microsoft entertainment package that comes with windows 3.1 or something like it, it it's it's not bad but it's just like why is this being uh, advertised as like this this great Tetris clone type game like it, it, it's not that great it's fine but it's like dude lay off like, <laughs> what are you what are you doing it did not need a PlayStation or Saturn or Jaguar port uh, yeah did not need that like uh, it's too bad we got zooped we got we got a little too zooped I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought that up though zoop. <laughs> inescapable in 1990 so sorry. Now we're swimming in the Zoop. This is Zoop's world. We're just living in it. Hey there, Polymedia family. This is Kevin, and I'm here to tell you about the brand new podcast, Uncle Doug's DVD Bin. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the heck is an Uncle Doug? Well, Uncle Doug gave Trav and myself a massive bin of DVDs that we draw your favorite movies from to give you some facts, the plot, and a whole pile of jokes. We're talking Dirty Dancing to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Best part? It's available wherever you get your podcasts. So give us a download, a listen, a subscribe, and if you're feeling five-star, heck, give us a rating. And just like our Uncle Doug always says, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Oh, we got to do emails still. Yeah, I was going to pump up the emails real quick. I think these will be pretty short. Alex, I'll go ahead and read this first one here. This is from Derek. Go ahead. Derek says, Merry Christmas. And guess what, Derek? We read this before Christmas. So joke's on you, pal. Uh, But we do hope you have a merry one when it comes around. He says, Alex tweeted you wanted emails, so WTF, let's do this. There's an NES version of the Temple of Doom arcade game Alex just discussed. It kind of sucks. But since I used my periodic game purchase on it as a kid, I pretended it was awesome because I only had like... 
five games at the time, and Bases Loaded got old and Blaster Master got too hard. May it be next on your randomizer, Travis. And... Derek, may it be. We will see. We will see. Uh, he goes on to say, still love going back to bases loaded and seeing that 1987 Orioles roster. How many 1987 Orioles can you name off the top of your head, Alex? Derek, long time, first time. Thanks for the email, Derek. He's putting you in the hot seat, Alex. Thanks, Derek. Give us some 1987 Orioles. What comes off the top of the dome? <laughs> Jesus. I got the full um, list in front of me, so I can immediately <laughs> shout. Burn, Do you really? Burn, okay, I can give you some feedback. Yeah. Um. Well, obviously, Cal Ripken's going to be on that list. Ding. Um. I think Eddie Murray was still the first baseman. Ding. These are good dings, by okay. the way. Those are those are happy dings. Okay. Oh my God! I think that was before Brady Anderson. If I had to guess, mm, you're right, um, you're right. was Mike Devereaux on one of those teams? Mm. Burn. No Mike Devereaux. No, no Mike no, Devereaux. No Mike Devereaux. It was Manny Alexander on one of those teams. Looking hard, looking hard, looking hard, looking hard. Burnt. No, uh, no Manny. No, nothing. All right. By the way, I swear on both my dogs' lives wow. that I am uh, not looking anything <laughs> up. I'm just going by, like, Orioles memories. Well, clearly you've gotten too wrong, so we believe you. Oh, God. Um... I would say the rest of these are, are, are tough. I mean, you, you, you're a little more into Is there a pitcher named Flanagan? Pitcher named Flanagan. Let's uh, let's see. The, you know what? There is. All right. All right. Uh, Mike Flanagan. No. Mike Flanagan. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Um, other than that, I don't think I know anybody. <laughs> 87 Ro- Orioles. Like, I can name every single player on the 87 Twins. Well. 87 Orioles? No. Too much of an ask. Well, you have... You, you named Cal Ripken, uh, and and oh, was Billy Ripken on that ding, team? Ding, ding. Billy Ripken was on there. Was he the second baseman? He was. Yep. Excellent. And I was going to see if I could try to tease another one out of you, but I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could do it. Uh, what about Joe Orsalak? Not seeing, not seeing a Joel Orsalak on the list. <laughs> Damn. Um, I'm just naming Orioles from. <laughs> When I was a kid, I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I, the rest of these would be tough even for me. Uh, they kind of date before I have references for them. Can you can you throw out some? Names? I will. I want to see if I. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, tell you the the nine the top nine here. Uh, Terry Kennedy was catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Murray no. first baseman. Uh, Billy Ripken right. second baseman. Cal Ripken Jr. shortstop. Ray Knight come in at third base. We got Ray Knight was on the Orioles. Yeah, we got Larry Sheets out in left field. Uh, center field, Fred Lynn. You know, you still name people Fred, Fred anymore. Lynn. Not enough Freds, in my opinion, these days. But back in 1987, <laughs> I agree. Fred in center field. Uh, right field, Lee Lacey. Lee Lacey. And uh, no idea. designated hitter, Mike Young. No idea. Yeah. So you did pretty good. I think you named about all you could ever name. Fred Lynn. Like, I associate him with the Red Sox back in, like, the late 70s. I don't what are you doing on the Orioles? <laughs> like some of those guys, it's like I don't associate them with with the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Whatever. He was on the Orioles for a hot three years in his career. Three years. Wow. All right. All right. Hopefully that was good enough, Derek. Probably not. <laughs> you see, mad at Derek. Uh, Derek, thank you. Uh, very good. Um, uh, we got a quick one here. The Adventures of Batman and Robin Genesis OST uh, is the name of this email. This is from Kevin who says, uh, why did you say that Jesper Kid's soundtrack was quote-unquote terrible? I don't know what this is in reference to. Alex. Well, 
Uh, this is uh, this is in reference to me personally. Oh. It's because I have a a, a long standing grudge against uh, Jesper Kidd. Of course, yep. Uh, I, I actually don't know. Never mind. I can't keep. <laughs> he hates him and Fred. I, I'm so bad at. <laughs> no, no, commit to it. Yeah, I liked where that was going. Yeah. What did you do? What did Jesper Kid do to no, you? No, I, I have no idea who Jesper Kid is. I have no idea who Kevin is. I, I barely remember saying anything about the know Batman, who Batman and is. Robin Genesis. <laughs> Batman. Which Batman are we talking about? Is this Val Kilmer? But um, no, the, he's talking about like a video I did a mm. thousand years ago where I made a snide remark about not liking the music on the game. When everybody else likes it. I mean, was I it just like, like a typical it. Genesis, like, wow, kind of thing? No, 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 no. It was much... Th- this game has, like, much more of, like, a, a beat to it. Mm. So, it's, it is it is actually very uh, a good soundtrack. I just didn't like it, because it's not my type of music. So, mm. I guess that's the answer. That's the but answer. It's, I think Kevin's okay but, with that. Uh, he just wanted. He just wanted to know. Nah, he doesn't care. He, doesn't care. he just wants to freaking. <laughs> he just pr- he's throw shade. He's throwing some shade. Wow, classic freaking Kevin. Freaking classic. That's a classic Kevin move. Classic, classic ass. Classic Kevin. with a K. All right, let me read this last one here because uh, it's from our friend Dylan. It's called the Greatest Game. He says hello, Travis and Alex. Very formal. <laughs> I am a fan of your show and enjoy listening to your baseball talk on the rare occasions that it comes up. Hey, Dylan, how many 1987 Orioles can you name? Now, go. Email us all of your 87 Orioles. And he says, uh, I know that you are both fans of the game, and I'm curious to know if you could choose or if you could meet anyone associated with the sport, player, manager, announcer, writer, who would you choose? I do not wish to take anyone off the table, but let's say you. Both get to also meet Ken Griffey Jr. and Tony oh. Tony Larusa. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> and won't have to use your choice on your clear favorites. As a follow up, you can go to one baseball game in history, uh, regular season, postseason, or even an exhibition game. Which game would you go to? Thank you for all your time and continue the great work, Dylan. That's a great question. A lot of like very deep, <laughs> yeah, questions there. Like uh, I have to like think very hard about a lot of those answers. Do you have anything that comes to mind? Well, I have to clear the air. I don't want to meet Tony Larusa. He knows I'm a White Sox fan. He knows I'm bitter <laughs> about Tony Larusa getting two moonlighting years as a manager with my team and running us into the ground. Damn it, Dylan. Um, that said. Players I would like to meet um, and, and games I would like to go to, you know, I think I really just want to get a taste of like old school baseball. I, I don't really, you know, I'm not like a Yankees fan, but I would love to go back and see like the Bay play or something like that. I want to see some like yeah. old school baseball. Like I've seen a lot of post-1985 baseball. I kind of get it. I mean, going to a big game would be great. Some of the big memorable ones would be cool, but I kind of just want to see, like, historically what it was like back in the day. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that, where I want to see Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. One of my favorite things is, uh, or one of my favorite experiences, I should say, was going to Wrigley Field, uh, something like 10 years ago even if you don't give a rat's ass about baseball you still should go to red to a place like wrigley field because it is amazing to just 
walk into that park and it it has not changed the the actual infrastructure uh, the architecture of the of the ballpark is the same as it was when <laughs> it was back in the 19 the, the early 20th century it's an incredible like just like a, the fact that they cram that many people in there <laughs> and there's like actual baseball happening it's it's kind of crazy like it's yeah. really a lot of fun to to have that experience and just walk around that place uh it, obstructed views and all cuz there are big iron poles everywhere <laughs> like uh you can't see anything uh, you know if you're in a certain spot but uh yeah I'm with you I I would definitely rather go back uh, to see, you know, Fenway Park or, you know, In Its Element or any of those places. It was great stuff back then. Um, what were the other questions? Uh, Just who would you meet some- anyone associated if you could, if you were able to nah. meet anyone? I don't really care. Maybe we can flip <laughs> it to like, if we could get one baseball star on this podcast, who would Whatever. we pick? Who has a- I don't know. I don't like, I don't like meeting people ever. Um, uh, whatever. Uh, how about Gary Carter? You would get Gary let's, Carter let's on the podcast. I was thinking like, who, who would have a, a fun podcast personality? Gary Carter died a few years ago. Oh, we can't get him on yeah, there? Oh, okay. Maybe it's too late. No. Uh, we get, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll get, we'll get Mark Wollers, you know, just pick a random 90s baseball guy, bring him on the podcast, and be like, "We talk about baseball sometimes." Mark, how you doing? Let's get Brady Anderson to talk about his uh, 50 home run season. Yeah, we'll ask him. Like, were you on the 87 Orioles? Orioles? Oh, you weren't. Okay, we were wondering. That's (laughs) goodbye. Goodbye. God, should I get into baseball? Like, baseball Mm. seems like I don't know. Because when I was a kid, I got dragged to football games, Uh, and like my sister and I got dragged to football games, and it was just. I found it to be extremely boring. Sure. <laughs> but like as an adult, I'm like, I see the appeal of like going to like like a sports event and just like hanging out. And baseball seems like the most quintessential like American go to a game and just like hang out and like a game is happening over the course of like several hours mm-hmm. and there's like interesting things happening. Also I watched that um do you see the it was a few years ago now, but the Andy Sandberg made that bash brothers uh oh i did thing. see that uh a clips of it yeah yeah I know what you're talking about yeah um <laughs> which was like oh huh yeah this is cool i mean obviously this isn't what baseball is is about exactly but um <laughs> i've always been like kind of fascinated by it but i just like don't know how to like it, it's like i feel like getting into a sport as an adult is like how do i even approach this you know that's that's Mm. a good question yeah so when you say you went to football games was that like cfl cfl yeah so if i say the name doug flutie to you what is it oh i mean it's familiar for sure okay um he was uh wait who do you who do you play for was he argos he was an argonaut yeah yeah see we were we so my hometown we did actually have a cfl team we had the the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which is kind of redundant because like a, <laughs> right. a tiger is a cat. But yeah, um, the Bruin Bears, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I never, I don't know. I was kind of into hockey for a little while because I was like, oh, there's like lots going on, like a lot of action. But then like, baseball just seems like much more like, I don't know. F- football to me seems like it's a 
a like a coach like a general based game where you're like just like you're making plays and stuff right mm-hmm. but baseball has, seems to have that that balance between like strategy and like tactics yeah and kind of luck too there's yeah a, there's a fair luck. amount luck yeah and there's just like yeah really like interesting moments where things can just change uh and there's stuff that happens you know exclusively within certain ballparks like there's ballpark physics yeah it's like so cool how it's regional like that too yeah yeah Um, it's the only sport where the actual venue matters right yeah it's true i don't know i I mean i missed my shot this year to go see a game but um maybe next year i'll just try to go see a Mets game or something. The atmosphere of baseball is kind of nice because uh, you can show up for yeah. the game and then you can you can get hammered, take a nap, play your switch, and kind of right. wake up, get <laughs> sober again, and it's only like the fourth inning. And you're like, wow, I got more baseball. Get some, <laughs> get some uh, sunflower seeds going. Yeah, yeah. got to do that. Got to do that. There's a lot of stuff that I think I found boring as a kid that now that I'm a little older, I'm like, oh, I get why people liked this and why I got dragged to it. Like, <laughs> like, obviously drinking helps, but like also just like their like vibes-based stuff of just like, yeah, like a thing is happening. I'm sort of watching it, but I'm also just like hanging out, having a good time. Yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, the Mets had a pretty good regular season this year, so maybe if you're lucky next year, you can get into the, the hoopla of um, maybe a decent team. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, that might wrap it up. That's this has been um, this has been a record. This is our longest drunk friend episode. We we want to thank Merritt for being <laughs> is a, it? Yeah, easily. Oh jeez, wow, I talked so much. No, you were fine. It was, we had a lot to get to. Nineteen ninety five was a good of the year. More to Gurthy than we gave it credit for out of the gate. I think it. I think it earned my respect a little bit uh, more. But yeah, thank you, Merritt, for being along for the for the big ride. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. This, like I said, I'm you know big fan of the show. Um, so this was, uh, it was really cool to get to be on. And 95 was, I think, a, a big year for me. So I was happy to be able to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, to close this out here, folks, what you just heard, that was a drunk friend podcast. You can check out more of our podcasts over on polymedianetwork.com. We have a few more over there. We got Tales of the Lesser Medium if you want to hear a video game story but laugh while doing it. We got Polykill if you like playing and beating games. We got a new podcast in the rotation from our pals Pam and Petey called Point and Drink Adventure. You can find that both on your podcast aggregator of choice. They also have that posted to YouTube. Uh, we also have Indie Quest if you like indie games. We got Uncle Doug's DVD bin if you like Appalachian cryptids who like movies. And we have a new podcast coming uh, to your neck of the woods very soon, uh, actually hosted by myself and co-hosted by the guy who sent the email about baseball, Dylan. Uh, It's called We Got Goosebumps. So be sure to check all that out. we got a lot of great content. You can also send an email to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. Please do that. Yeah, please do that because we've only got about 40 emails in our queue right now. We got a lot. So, not to discourage but, you. Yeah, we but no, please don't let that discourage you. I'm I'm just encouraging you, <laughs> I hope. Uh, but if you're not interested in sending an email, it's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. And that'll uh, excuse me. And that'll help yeah. And that'll help us out big time. You can rate on Spotify right now if you want that's right and you you could have rated on spotify for about a year now we should probably take that out of the script uh you can i guess (laughs) you can find us let me just delete that right i'm going to make an executive decision to delete that that right right now 
You can rate on Spotify right now. We just deleted that right now. You can find us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at DraftPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And please follow the very funny and entertaining Merit at Merit K. Oh, it's my turn to uh, yes, the yeah. the track you hear is called. Oh, hang on, I was rattled for yes, a second because I just going. I just deleted that. Uh, the track you hear <laughs> is composed. The track you hear right now was composed by our friend Coolar and is called Electric Starbounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. God, that's intimidating to read. <laughs> Because I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get it right ever. Ever. Uh, he did okay that time. Uh, be sure to catch us all, right, <laughs> all on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and everywhere else. And thanks for listening. All right, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. <laughs>